I'm here today with an extremely talented and prolific trumpeter, keyboardist, vocalist, and composer who creates a sound you can feel in your soul. Clarence, Theodore, Kyle, CTK, welcome. How are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. How are you doing? Uh, great. It's a great day in San Diego. It, it's it's phenomenal day to get a chance to actually do an interview with you. We've had a long conversation prior to this, but I mean, you've had quite the experience set in your lifetime. I mean, you were still in high school when you started playing music professionally, didn't you? Why did, tell me a little bit about that. I want to know about the about those experiences. Actually, I was in junior high school. <laughs> And uh, I, I remember it's funny. I was in junior high school, and uh, in the sum, it was summertime. And my mom said, uh, uh, "You need to find some kind of summer job, some some part time job, or something like that, right?" And I said, "Well, I have a trumpet. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, make some money uh, playing music." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, but you need a like a real job, right?" So um, lo and behold, it was uh, a couple weeks after that. This uh, brother called me. Uh, a great guitar player in Jeff Dixon. And he had this group called Seventh Wonder Dance and Show Band. Now, the name is everything it says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he said, look, uh, I'm looking for a trumpet player. And uh, we heard about you. Maybe you'd want, want to try out for it, right? And the other guys were like 27 on up. Right. And I said, and I said, sure. And then when he showed me the calendar and all the shows he had, and I told my mom, I said, Hey, I'm going to be playing. And she's like, yeah, right, right. Then she <laughs> saw it snowballing, snowballing. And that just, that whole conversation went out the window. So in between uh, going to junior high school, finishing that, and then going to high school and still doing that. And then getting out of high school and still doing that. <laughs> and it just snowballed, you know, <laughs> So that's how I basically uh, got into playing professionally yeah. full time. But um, uh, being from Newport, Rhode Island now, uh, and across the street from where I was raised, basically from, is the venue where they had and hold the Newport Jazz Festival. Now, growing up every summer and listening to that across the street from where I live and being in a town where there's always greats performing every summer there's yeah. bound to be something coming out of that <laughs> a little bit a little bit something you know maybe a leaning towards a certain style of music i don't know i'm not <laughs> well when when you're eight years old and you're being taken to a steakhouse and you walk into the uh the steakhouse and and, and you feel a, a acoustic bass in your chest it sounds like and then as you're a little kid being walked down, you got your tie on because it's your birthday and it's your mom's birthday as well, right? And you sit down in front of a table and you hit and all of a sudden you see a Dave Brubeck. I didn't know how to feel. I was a little scared. I was a little overwhelmed because the first time I ever had a bass in my chest, Vibrating, first time I had a steak. <laughs> Definitely first time I had a steak. But uh, that is a memory that I will cherish forever. But to grow up around that every year and, and, and can't help but hear it. I mean, even on the night I was born, they were in town performing. Wow. So that's, you know, that, that something's going to come out of that. So when did you actually learn to play the trumpet? When did you pick it up? Well, when I was in uh, eighth grade, uh, seventh or eighth grade, uh, 
we had this little neighborhood band, right? And I was trying to be a guitar player, man. You know, I had, had me a nice little guitar, but a thrifty store, you know, that, that I mean, actually, that my dad had got me from the thrifty store, little guitar. And uh, we had uh, some of the guys around the neighborhood and stuff, and we would get together. And uh, you know how they always say there's, there's always a faster gun. There's always a, a gunslinger out there. And this guy was a gunslinger. He could sing and play, right? So uh, we're all standing around in the garage, right? And there was another friend of mine who happened to have this trumpet. And he said, uh, and it was pretty obvious that, hey, I'm not going to be the guitar player. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and he took pity on me and said, here, put, he put this in my ear, try this. And uh, I don't know if you remember the old song by Mandrill, Fence Walk. I need to hear it. The name doesn't but ring anyways, it was like and it just came natural. And they said, that's what you should play. That's what you should play. And 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 ever since then, but so now I had to get a trumpet because I didn't have one. I just, you know, used the one that was put in my hand. Yeah. So I stole one at, uh, from the music room at the junior high school. Sorry, Montgomery. But uh, <laughs> they weren't taking care of it anyway. It was all, yeah, but inside it looked like the Rocky Mountains. I cleaned it up real good. Uh. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I kind of adopted it. Yeah, I admit I took it, but I gave back. <laughs> but uh, you go from there and to uh, uh, just uh, practicing in my garage all the time and, and, and just getting better and better and playing and doing more gigs with the local band. We're all teenagers you know, yeah. doing mortgages with the local band and also sitting in, sneaking into the jazz clubs at night to play with grace like uh, Carl Evans, you know, uh, sitting in with Nathan East, Carl Evans, the original Fat Burger, Jimmy Noonan. Uh, yeah, and, and they would showcase us, you know, and uh, one night uh, they brought us up to play uh, Little Sunflower, Freddie Hubbard. <laughs> now, by this time, I'd already been playing a good, maybe a good, good five years i'd say maybe okay. a good five years right and uh and i had learned i used to learn freddie's hubbard solo note for note so uh they said well we like to feature the young kids and let them know that jazz is continuing on and passing on the legacy they love to showcase us they loved it we would sneak in play three songs or run out right so uh one night he brings us up he brings us up and uh we're playing a uh, little sunflower and the club is dark and it's packed this is like a, a, a club where uh, they call it uh, the Black Frog because most of them were Black Navy chiefs or in the Navy. And this is where they went to just chill out, relax, have their drinks and stuff. Right. So imagine this. I go to the stage. We're playing Little Sunflower. Uh, I pull off a solo. Nice. Now, just like Freddie Hubbard, no for no, Sunflower solo. And uh, I'm walking off the stage and I hear, hey, what? And I turned around. It was my dad, right? And like, whoa! And I'm getting, I'm going to the bar to get a get a rum and coke, okay? <laughs> I think I was like seventeen, yeah, yeah, seven, sixteen, seventeen. Get a rum and coke, right? And uh, and I, I was going to tell him I'm just going to go get a coke, but anyway, he says, uh, "Hey, boy, would you learn to play like that?" And I said, "From your jazz records, Dad." Right. So I can imagine what he must have been thinking when he saw his son. Walk up there on stage, and he's sitting at the ta at the table with his friends, you know, and other chiefs, you know, and, and, and he probably said, "That's my boy." I can imagine 
what he must have felt and said. But he always encouraged me, and he would always give me, as I was growing up, music instruments for Christmas, you know, like a plastic guitar that had a suction cup microphone you put to the guitar, or Radio Shack tape recorders, or I used to pretend I was a radio DJ, <laughs> or or play a Mission Impossible, this table, this table, you know, little things, things like that, you know, that yeah. I guess uh, ended up part of my development. <laughs> of uh, the person you see today okay. and the perfectionist that I, I tend to be sometimes. But uh, that's how I kind of got into it. So you take that along with being groomed uh, with guys that are older than me. Yeah. And uh, in a dance and show band environment, I mean, where we change costumes three times in one night. We change uniforms. Uh, 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 I, was, I would uh, walk around with a wad like this in school, just buying lunch for everybody. <laughs> and getting everybody in. There would be a line around the building in the rain for people to come and see us. It was just a great, great time. Guys in the band, we were making so much money as teenagers. We were buying cars, renting apartments. <laughs> it was a good, crazy time. I'm telling you, the 70s were a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But just going up in that environment and uh, 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 staying focused and uh, – just, I basically taught myself trumpet. I did teach myself trumpet right. from then on. And uh, I looked to people uh, as uh, idols and people to listen to, like Maynard Ferguson, Freddie Hubbard, uh, Michael Ramley Davis from Earth, Wind & Fire, the Phoenix Horns. And I used to listen to him to learn how to do my attacks, how to do my range. And it's funny because when I talked to him, I said, you know, you were my teacher when I was younger. <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, yeah. <laughs> it was funny because when I finally did meet him, uh, I was talking to Alma K. We were backstage and he was doing uh, a concert in the park. And we're backstage talking and we're facing each other talking. And he's looking behind me like this, like somebody's behind me. He's smiling while we're talking. And he keeps looking up, looking up over my head. And I turn around and it's Ramley Michael Davis. Oh. Right. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, my goodness. And and, and we, we've been uh, friends since then. And, and talk, but uh, that's how I basically learned. And then and then I, I learned uh, how to read on my own and uh, just like play piano on my own. And I figured if I can learn one instrument on my own, I can learn another. You know, first instrument was violin in junior high school. I was in seventh grade. Yeah. In seventh grade, uh, play the uh, minuet. That was the tune, minuet. Mm -hmm. Right. And my dad saw an interest uh, in me back then, so he would always get me an instrument for Christmas, you know? You've been a session player since high school, junior high school. You've been a session player with other with other bands. That's correct. Um, name some of the people that you worked with prior to be going out on your own, because I'm not sure the dates of your first album, Monster, but it was not like back when you were in high school or just after high school. You did Monster years later. That's yeah. when you solo, you became, you know, you started doing the work on your own. And then you created your second album, which is The Second Coming, which is um, an entirely different style of music. The first one, I think there's a quote that says something that's like an amusement part ride, which kind of extends <laughs> to, to the styles that you were experimenting with in Monster. And then the second one is, there's a quote, gumbo for the soul. And given the style of your music, I can understand that there's a rich uh, combination of elements within the music in in second coming that makes you feel warm and makes you feel at home which is sort of like what gumbo would do right for and a gumbo for the soul brings your soul at home makes you feel part of the music makes you feel the music inside as opposed to just sort of enjoying it and going along with it well i so, didn't well, i didn't want to start out i wasn't trying to start out as a 
jazz player per se, just a player, just a player who liked everything. You know, right. I didn't want, I wasn't trying to limit. As a matter of fact, when I was young, I didn't even like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> someone said, just for some jazz, I'm like jazz. <laughs> but you grew up with it across the street. How could you not like it? <laughs> or maybe it's because it was across the street. Because I couldn't play. And that's the honest answer. Being that young and stuff, because I couldn't play it. I was learning how to solo in front of people. You know how they say trial by fire? Yeah. I got burned a lot of times, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> I caught on fire and flamed a lot of times, you know. Uh, learning how to solo in front of an audience, uh, when to stop, when not to stop, mm. uh, when to keep going, when to back off, you know, that yeah. all that was learned. It didn't just come. Just like everything else uh, in my learning of the trumpet, I had to learn, you know, an experience, you know, right. to where it got to a point to where as the years went on to progress and my playing became even better to uh, I could just uh, pull up to the venue, put my mouthpiece in my trumpet, walk through the backstage door. It's in one move right up to the stage, do my part that I'm sitting with somebody and walk right off. <laughs> that took years to develop, you know, as uh, far as the confidence to do that and right. the skill set to do that, you know. But uh, that's how I, I kind of live my life like that, uh, being on the edge yeah. all the time. Come on, I was 17 years old with, with, with a new baby in my own car, my own apartment. <laughs> and all I had to do was play full time, six, seven nights a week. Sometimes you had to lie to say we were six so we wouldn't have to do it that night. <laughs> or we could go to the prom. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're, when, when you're like that, when you grow up like that, you, think, you tend to think that every musician that you meet that's your age or whatever like that is like that too. But you were hanging around with musicians way older than you. I mean, how oh, old yeah. were you when, you when you worked with Ike Turner? How old were you then? I, I was a little bit older then, but by, by that time. Was, How much was, older? What were you? Because you uh, weren't Ike's age, put it that way. You were not as no, old as Ike. No, Ike didn't come until I was like in my uh, early 40s. Really? Yeah, that didn't come to like much later. Oh, I thought that happened when you were in your 20s, 30s. Oh, no, no. Oh. That, that didn't come to much later. I didn't come to much later. And, 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 and the only reason why that happened, because he was in prison, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Things just happen when they happen. You yeah. know, uh, God's got a plan for you, and he, he lets you in on things when he's ready to. So, uh, <laughs> but however, however, uh, I do consider myself extremely, extremely lucky that I was able to meet these celebrities as I was growing up. Uh, the, I think the first ones I met when I was 16, 17 was like Al Jarreau, but one-on-one -on -one conversations with these people in, in person, you know, it was just a, it's all been a big happenstance type of thing. Really, like I'll be, I'm waiting uh, for Al Jarreau to come hit the theater here in San Diego. I'm waiting for some friends to join me because they got the tickets. And uh, I'm standing out in front of the, of the lobby by myself, waiting for them guys. And here comes Al Jarreau, and he was late, you know, in his limo. I said, whoa. And he said, do you have any tickets? I said, yes, I do. Thank you. That was my first thing. And then, and then it, it would be uh, other random people I would meet I don't know why I would be in that position. Uh, I was in a position to meet Gene Kelly one night we were in the elevator. We were just talking for like 15, 20 minutes. I'm surprised he had the time. 
uh, 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 we talked about uh, French Connection, and and my favorite movie that he did was Young Frankenstein. Oh yeah, we were cracking up because remember he played the blind man. He was giving yes. the monster soup, you know, <laughs> he kept pouring it in the monster's lap. We were laughing, we were cracking up about that. Right, uh, uh, one on time with uh, uh, one of the Jacksons, a couple of the Jacksons before. Um, one time I was doing a, a, a gig uh, in uh, Hollywood. I was backing up a, a rap group, and I'm sitting back there uh, in the back where the dressing rooms are. And a famous rapper E40 goes walking by with his entourage and stuff, right? And there's like maybe 12 guys surrounding him. He's walking past me, and I'm, I'm just leaning up against the wall. I said, E40. And to my surprise, he just stopped. And it was like a train wreck. Everybody <laughs> stopped behind me, stopped, and he said, hi, and we talked. And I, that shocked me. <clears throat> a, a lot of moments happened like that uh, to celebrities that I never thought I would meet. Did you meet musical um, celebrities who actually gave you advice or gave you commentary on, like, they've heard you? Yeah, Burt Backrack, uh, he was in San Diego one time, opening at the Intercontinental uh, Hotel. He was doing performance there. And uh, I was working there, by the way. <laughs> so you're not supposed to talk to the guests like that. But I was working there. I said, yeah, I play trumpet, blah, blah. And he stopped. And he said, why don't you come to rehearsal? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I never went, though. I was, oh. I don't know. I, I never went. Uh, there was that time. And then, uh, of course, uh, Kevin Tony from uh, the Blackbirds. And uh, it's funny. It's funny. He was doing the play, <clears throat> the way I met him. He was doing the play, and my cousin was playing bass in the play. And my cousin said, come to the play, come to the play. You know, uh, they were doing a, a misbehaving, right? And uh, I said, sure, sure, sure. So I was going to surprise him, my wife, when I surprised him with tickets, because he kept saying, when you guys come, and I said, oh, we'll make it eventually, but we already had our tickets. Right. So and we had front row at the table, lighting at the table at the theater. Right. And then uh, there's a, a a man sitting at the piano on the side of the stage, dressed up like uh, 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 Fats Waller. Yeah, because that's that was supposed to be his character. Right. Had the Boulder Derby hat on, you know, the, the bands on the sleeves, you know, uh, uh, spin a uh, upright piano, that type of thing. And he was directing everything like this. Very, very clean. Right. And uh, and, the, and the stage would move forward. It was just a great play. Right. And then during the intermission, he came when he came back to stage, he came in front of the uh, my wife and I's table and he went like this with his hat. Right. And then he went back to his spot. Right. Or, and I said, oh, my cousin must have told him we were out there to see him. Right. So after the play, my my, uh, my cousin goes, she says, actually, it's Coop. Yeah, it's Coop. I know. I'm messing you, Coop. Okay. <laughs> he says, hey, look, man, uh, why don't you join us for drinks? You know, the, some of the crew were going down to the bar afterwards and have drinks, right? He says, Kevin's coming, blah, 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 because his name is Kevin as well, right? So I didn't think nothing about it. I said, yeah, sure, great, right? So the wife drove the car home. He said, I'll take you home afterwards. I said, fine. We get to the restaurant bar, and uh, uh, Kev, Kevin uh, Tony is at the table. My cousin's at the table. Tommy O'Forky, another great trumpet player, uh, and myself, and we're all talking. And, uh, and, he, and he says to uh, Kevin, he says, uh, he says, uh, yeah, uh, uh, CTK's got an album, blah, 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 blah. This, that, blah, blah. And he says, oh, that's great. That's great. He said, man, I can hear. And, and I said, yeah. And I pulled some up in his phone. And he's listening to the ear. He's going like this. He says, nice production. This music should be heard, right? And then my cousin said, yeah, man, uh, Kevin, man, he's all over the charts. He's like, I, I said, yeah, what, who? He says, Kevin Tony. I said, that's Kevin Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and Cameron just went. <laughs> right. You've been sitting then, talking to him all evening and you didn't really realize who you're talking to. I didn't realize who I was talking. I would just tell him how I enjoyed his playing without even knowing who he was. I just told him how I really enjoyed everything. He was just smiling and smiling. And when I realized it was actually Kevin Tony, we became fast friends there. That's when he put me in the headlock and started doing his and told me, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. Right. So to answer your question about people, giving me advice. Uh, even before that, uh, Al McCabe from Earth, Wind & Fire. And uh, way before I started recording uh, uh, The Second Coming, we just we just talked all the time. We would just laugh. And uh, while he was touring Europe, uh, we would be, you know, uh, FaceTiming each other or just, just talking about th- uh, sometimes mostly wine, cheese, stuff like that. Very little about music. It wasn't too much. It was just jokes. <laughs> we just kept each other laughing and stuff, right? And then when I told him I was doing an album, and then uh, I sent them uh, uh, the proofs that came from uh, the master. And, and he's taught me something right then that first minute. He said, okay, which one are you going to release first? And I'm like, uh, it's an album. He says, which one are you going to release first? And that's when he hit me like, oh, oh. And he, that's when he gave me the advice of, hey, don't drop a whole album because you're in competition with yourself. Mm. That's when I started learning, hmm. <laughs> you know that type of thing uh he encouraged me a lot a yeah. lot i mean he really encouraged me a lot you know and uh, uh him uh of course uh ike turner when ike turner you know that guy never re- never could read or write music but he the way we would learn music from him here's how incredible he was the horn section would just pull a circle around him and the whole band, and he would just tell, give out notes. You're gonna play this. You're gonna play this. You're gonna play this note. You're gonna play this note. You're gonna play that note. And it would be perfect harmonies. Like God, how does he do that? It was just I was never seen anything like that. Got all never in my life, and that yeah. was like that was like talk about being juiced in with your music. That was <laughs> that was like. AI right in your face. It was just like crazy, you know? And, and that's how he would do it. Oh, uh, let's see. The harmony, and the harmonies would be perfect in, in the textures. I said, wow, that's some, but I took all that as a learning thing. So everybody I ran into uh, did that. While we were playing uh, South by Southwest, had a chance to play with uh, Los Lobos. Oh, get out. Which, which, was, which was cool. And uh, Blues Traveler. I, yeah. I never would have had another chance with that. You know, these were people that I knew, you know? Yeah. Uh, Pine Top Perkins uh, uh, will come to the drift. This guy was tall. You, I, I know. I found out why they call him Pine Top. This Pine is top, the yeah. guy that taught him how to play piano. You know, uh, people like that. Uh, uh, what, what, walking in? Uh, can you imagine walking into somebody's house and Rick James is sitting on the couch? <laughs> this is this is the crazy type of things that my life has been surrounded and caught up in and stuff. You know. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, people would, uh, would say, uh, oh, how does this happen? And I say, I don't know. I don't know. So there's a force there's, for, there's a force that's bigger than me, you, and everybody else that drives us to where we're going, depending upon which path that we do take, yeah. you know? Well, so taking- to answer your question, where did I get yeah. encouragement from? And, and I still get encouragement. You know, from, from, from people you wouldn't think. Uh, um, uh, uh, 
meeting your idols, they say you should never meet your idols because uh, you might be disappointed. I haven't ran into that yet. I'll tell you, one time I was at the NAMM show one time and uh, I was just walking around and there was a Ronin exhibit, but it was a little dark stage and it was a little red light in there. So I just walked in there by myself and I was walking around and I walked smack into Terrence Blanchard. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I backed up like it was a cobra. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was a trumpet cobra to me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I said, whoa, I said, Terrence Blanchard, right? And I said, I said, you know what? I said, I got to tell you, I love the music you did in the movie Life with Eddie Murphy. Right? The movie Life. Because he was doing all the music background when the convicts were playing softball and, yes, and uh, yes, the, yes. all the trumpet. They said, he said, oh, you caught that? I said, yeah, I caught that lick, right? And then what shocked me was that when he said, yeah, well, I've seen you before on Facebook. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay but uh the moments like that you know I, i'll treasure and i still get like i said i still get advice from some of the other people and the main thing that they tell me is yeah people are going to tell you this they're going to tell you that it's a, whether it's good whether it's bad take it all with a grain of salt just keep moving yeah just keep moving you know he says uh just just do you and be you and, and, and the music will be taken care of of itself, you know. You never know who's watching. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, great bassist, uh, Stan, Stan Wooten. Okay, uh, uh, I seen him go across uh, Facebook a couple of times, and I just threw a hi out there, and he responded real quick, hi. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm going to ask the general kinds of questions now, if you don't mind. Um, if you could walk me through, I know that that uh, your first album, Monster, it was, I believe we talked about it in, uh, previously, and you said that that was sort of an experimentation. You were going, trying different things. You're throwing it together to say, hey, I'm not just a fixed genre of music. <laughs> I want to try things. I want to do stuff. Um, but the second album, the the second coming, You've kind of got yourself in a place and and there is variation in the music, but it sounds like you've got your roots under you. Take me through some of your creative process that gets you there. That's what I'd like to know is where your head's at when you're putting music together. Well, I, I, if, since we're being totally honest, Monster was, like I said, uh, uh, it was a great learning experience for me. Okay. Oh. And to be honest with you, I just wanted to have something out there just to see if I could throw something out there. And I wasn't really <laughs> concerned about what it really sounded like. I just wanted to be able to say, hey, that was something, you know. Just, you know, I put thought into maybe one and then threw everything else together, you know. Not really uh, going about it as I should have. Right. But I took that as a huge learning experience and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not gonna make those mistakes on the second coming. On the second coming, I'm gonna do more serious because don't you just hate buying an album and there's like maybe one or two songs on it, and the rest are like, eh. yeah. I didn't want that to happen with the same right. You know, so I wanted to make sure each one was hidden. So I took great care in each one. As far as the song process goes, uh, I could be, I would just be sitting up, sitting off into space, and the whole song would come to me just in my mind. There's cementation and everything, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. And I'll just hum it into my phone, you know, oh, oh whatever, you know, that, you know, just like a, a uh, summer in Newport, you know, the music yeah. was done with that, and I needed a, a a little hook at the end, you know, summer day, summer night. I jumped up in the middle of the night and turned everything on. And I had it, things like that. Sometimes I'll dream it, 
when I was a kid in Newport, Rhode Island, everything, Newport is so small, you can walk the whole place. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as beaches and everything. And I did a lot of walking as a kid, especially when I was eight years old and growing up, walking around. So uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was creating musical videos, man. Now, this would be like with, uh, that's when the movie uh, A Hard Day's Night came out with the Beatles. Yeah. Right? And, and if you remember in that movie, there's a scene where Ringo's just walking around, he's taking pictures and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, things like that would shoot in my head. And, and then I would, uh, as I got older and uh, got into my teens, then I would picture my own music with just like a video thing. I didn't know it was like videos. I was just, you know, that was just how my mind worked. You know, that was just on my mind work. So uh, that was kind of my learning process. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it down and I'll, I'll stuff it all on my head. And when I'm ready to, to put it together, it's like going into the kitchen and opening up all the cabinets and bringing down your nutmeg, your tamarind, all your onion powder and everything else, you know, <laughs> yeah. pots and pans and mixing it together, you know, and then being your worst critic. Mm. If I didn't get chill bumps off of it, I didn't think everybody else. You know, so that's what I learned of the, uh, the second coming, you know, and I learned how to take advantage of, of different things. And uh, uh, Al McKay used to tell me that uh, uh, space is your friend. Explain. Space between your music, between your playing. Space is your friend. Okay. Now you're going to say, oh, space. <laughs> space is your friend. Uh, uh, I remember uh, I was having my uh, keyboard player, uh, he's my music director, which is Bernard Battle. Love that guy. Love you, Bernard. Uh, let me tell you a real quick thing about Bernard, how I met him. Uh, I was uh, 15 years old, and we were having band practice on the street in this cul-de-sac. And on the top of the uh, cul-de-sac, before you pulled in, there was another band practicing up there who were much more experienced than us. And they were in seniors in high school. We were just in junior high school or some of us just going into high school that were playing together, right? And we were playing Tower Power with his hit, you know? And uh, all of a sudden, the garage door opens up while we're playing, right? And the whole band's standing there like this. Right? They came to see who it was. Right? And the one who lifted up the garage door was Bernard Bath. <laughs> uh, but that's how I met Bernard, right? So uh, getting back to uh, fa- fast forwarding right now, Bernard Ballard, he's my music director. And uh, uh, I- I'll say, Bernard, I have an idea. We'll boom, 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 this. And he'll come over, we'll knock it out. We'll do that, right? And and he's like, he'll be the first one that he is. He's an incredible, incredible. Uh, he used to be a trumpet player at first. He used to play trumpet as well. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was 16 and I was giving him trouble lessons at 16. But uh, uh, but uh, he's the kind of guy, he's the, the player's player. And he will tell you, hey, uh, I'm a part player, tell me what to play. Like that. He's like a loaded gun. You know, you, you put the bullets in and he'll, you know, he'll fire, you know, yeah. that type of guy. Uh, so uh, I had brought him in on this, on this project and stuff. And uh, he's been a great asset. Uh you, as you see, it'll say like uh, CTK in the black and tan. Yes. It's him and I. <laughs> <laughs> We're the black and tan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. But far as my process, far, far as writing songs, uh, I just come up with the melody and then I 
and then uh, the background, everything, I'm thinking of everything, right? But space, when you're writing, space yeah. is your friend. So that's part of my, my writing process right there, you know? So do you prefer writing or do you prefer session playing or do you prefer studio playing or do you prefer live playing? I prefer it all. Oh, really? <laughs> no favorites. No favorites at no all. Favorites, no favorites. No favorites. No favorites. Really? No favorites. So you don't mind. You enjoy sitting and, and developing the music as much as you do being live on stage with people screaming at you and woo, getting all that oh, energy. Live is a total different thing, though. That's a different animal. because Well, that, that was one of the choices. Come I, on now. I used, we, I used to come up with some crazy stuff for the band to do. Uh, actually, I, was, I got pretty good at stage direction. Uh, for us, like, we would do some cameo funk stuff, and me and the horn players would be together. I was looking at it, okay, look, on three, we're going to walk over to the guitar player and just start doing this, okay, as a group, and we're going to run back over here. I would do stuff like that, right? Uh, chants and things like that, chanting, uh, just crazy stuff, uh, on stage stuff that looked like it was rehearsed, it wasn't rehearsed, you know. <laughs> Because because uh, of me having a TV type of mind, growing up watching TV shows and uh, 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 variety shows that used to have them a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, something like a George Kirby show, stuff like that. Uh, all the uh, Dean Martin show. What all these shows they used to have back in the day when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, and so being in a uh, growing up in a show and music type environment, you know, I guess uh, I picked up a few things, you know. So as far as uh, the stage show is a lot different than when you see me play, you know, it's just, it's a lot different. It's, it's a little more animated and a and little more audience it? involved. Yeah, you enjoy that. You don't have. So I think we talked about it, but I wouldn't mind uh, rehashing uh, that you don't have nerves when you go up on stage. It's more like you start absorbing the energy that's thrown at you from the audience. When you go do live stuff, it's not about the nerves. You don't get nervous. Oh, I dare you to look at me. I dare you. <laughs> I got your attention? Good. Because <laughs> I'm going to do something crazy. No, but anyways, you know. No, I just made sure that they had fun because I was definitely having fun and, and still have fun, you know. Well, I see that in uh, some of the videos that I've watched of you. It's like you're enjoying the moment. You're kind of caught up in it. You're you're in the music. And even when you're not playing, you've got the music playing in your head. You can kind of see you've got the groove on. You have the funk going as you're, as you're strolling along, like the video for Newport. Um, that one, you're walking along, you can see you're dancing. <laughs> I'll tell you what's dead. funny. What's funny, when you're shooting that, when, you, when I'm walking down the dock, yeah. uh, that was like a private country club or something like that. We were supposed to be in there, right? So the idea was that, and this is how we used to do, like the, oh, this is where coming in, sneaking up on the stage and jamming three songs and running away experience came in handy. We would just go into the country club parking lot, Got my friend, he's got the drone, right? And we just start filming right then and there before security can come over and say, oh, you're not supposed to be here. And we finished that just in time and said, thank you. We're done. I appreciate your time. Bam, we're gone. <laughs> okay, so so that was, uh, what do they call it, pirated or whatever? <laughs> oh, I see. So there were people that you knew that you were pointing at. When you're walking along the dock, you pointed oh, there at somebody were people, like, no. There were people out there. Yeah. I, mean, I was just really actually waving to them. And, and, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, and we're filming it. And this guy goes by me on a skateboard, holding some skateboard into one of the yachts. And I'm just going like that. And it was two chains. He just, he just skateboards <laughs> right past the video, right in the middle of the video. I'm like, okay, see there again, running into this kind of stuff is, is crazy. 
But yeah, we weren't even supposed to be there. And it, it was like, you know, uh, shot real quick in and out. You know, yeah. the one take thing. That's the time you see me. I'm just walking down going like this. You know, because I'm not supposed to be there. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like it. When you look at it at the video, it looks like you... You know, I'm part of this. I own this. Yeah, this is my territory. Hey, how you doing? How are you doing over there? Yeah, and you're walking along. It doesn't look like you're doing this sneaky kind of, oh, we're going to get in trouble doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to make it look somewhat convincing. convincing well, you know, so. it definitely does. You've got the confidence for it. Definitely have the confidence Thank for you. it. Thank you. Um, so your earlier work, you were experimenting. You were trying things out, right? How has mm -hmm. that influence your current work the stuff that you're working on now because i know you've got a new album coming out you have your new single coming out we can talk about that after you tell me how the early work that you did influences so do you have influences or do you just look at your earlier work and go that was that this is now uh i have uh, influences from uh the past the present and 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 i do have uh, future influences i want to say future influences uh <clears throat> The thing about it is, is that uh, uh, you say do something different. They all sometimes they just want to put you in a box yeah. and say, "Oh, this is a, a, a smooth international smooth jazz artist," you know, or, or or that type of thing. Where I just rather be international trumpeter, or, mm -hmm. or or that's why I put funk jazz artist because everybody's a a, a jazz funk artist. <laughs> <laughs> But I just want to separate a little bit to say, hey, this isn't, I'm using the smooth jazz to get my foot in the door. There's other things here, you know, yeah. but I'm just using this to get my foot in the door, you know. Uh, it, 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 if I'm part of the smooth jazz, well, fine. If I'm not, that's fine, too, you know. But uh, something that Kim and Tooney told me, and he said, hey, he said, don't let them put you in a box. He said, just make music that you like. Yeah. Be it funky or whatever. And just be, you just, you know, they're going to call it whatever they want because they don't know what to call it. They'll call it funk jazz, smooth jazz, whatever. You know, yeah, they'll so, throw a label on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so with that being said, uh, I, I got something very nice coming out the box very soon. Uh, I have some great players involved. Uh, the, a great bass player, a certain current. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Uh, the... Uh, Ever impressive, uh, Max Groove, uh, of course, uh, my uh, my music director, uh, which is uh, BB Bernard Battle, uh, in on some of this stuff, and uh, there's even going to be a, so there's going to be new music out uh, this month. There'll be there'll be something I'm looking for something for Christmas and something after, something in January, oh. uh, which will be featuring uh, a, a very famous. Uh, <clears throat> a Grammy winning guitar player. I'm not going to say who. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to say who. Not, <laughs> he knows who he is. I'm Give initials. Give initials. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in um, January. However, I will say this, that uh, what's coming is, is, is totally out the box and unexpected, but in a way expected. Yeah, so, that's, that's your right. world premiere piece. That's the that's part of the album, correct? Correct, correct. And then the part that's dropping in January. That's also is that another another single. Yes, it is from the album. Yes, from the okay. The so album. you've got one in October. Are you dropping another one in December? Uh, Christmas one. 
Oh, the Christmas one. That's right. That's right. And then in January, you've got the the after Christmas kind of thing with the, right. the guitarist right. that you will not name. Right. Uh, <laughs> will they name him when when it drops? Are you going to have the name then, or will this person remain anonymous and we have to sort of guess and we hear the music and go, "Oh, I know who that is." You're not going to say. <laughs> did you? You didn't go mute on me, did you? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Good. 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 So when does the album drop then? I'm sorry. When does the album drop? Well, the thing about it is that I'm going to be uh, like my friend Al McKay told me. Never drop a whole album at once. Just... You get the good ones out. You get the pieces because you don't want to get, get them familiar with it and then get them with the album. Yeah. So, so the you're thing thinking about it, have them just expect the, the singles from the album coming out. They'll right. be doled out a little bit. Then, but when you get the whole album, you'll get the album title and everything. Just... So you're thinking in the summer, next summer it might drop, or, or next fall. If you do singles every month, possibly you might get No, that. it's not even going to be singles every month. <laughs> you'll just have to wait and see. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on. Just, you're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> I, I gave you too much as it is. Oh, yeah, you but, know? When we hear it, when we start to hear the singles dropping, that's when we'll get to get a better taste for what's coming but i don't oh, think we've oh. heard enough here we've just <laughs> gotten we, we've gotten that peak. there's the curtain and Give you open the curtain a bit and then you've shown us a light and that's it we can't see what's behind the curtain and that's you know so you haven't really given anything <laughs> haven't given any but we do have some dates so we can have some expectation that next just, month just, we'll get. just look for music coming Beth, you know yep. uh you might wake up one morning and, and i'll just might put something right there and you go, oh, you don't know. It'd be like, you know, you don't know. The station, this station would love to have the single, the first single drop on the station. We would we would definitely do a world premiere for you of, of the music if you want to do that. It won't be part of this interview. It was going to be part of this interview. I know. I'm <laughs> you, keep, you, keep, you, keep you keep sticking me with that. You're poking you with that one. Like, I, I, was know, really... I told you I was gonna have it. I was gonna have it ready for you. Uh, yeah. uh, like I said, things came up, and there was a backlog to yep. uh, to where I do send my stuff out to be mastered, and 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 they let me know that hey, uh, we can't do it that quick. Blah blah. So I'm, hey, I'm working with what I'm working with. So yeah, that, exactly in the same. We're in the same boat together. And I'll tell you this though. However, the 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 weight is definitely worth it. Definitely worth it because well, just uh, the small sampling that you sent to me, I want to hear more. Oh, you heard that little teaser? Yeah, that, that little tiny tease for you. <laughs> that little tiny blurt on the horn, and it was like, yeah, okay, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. <laughs> no, that was just a little. That's supposed to be a little teaser for you. That was supposed to be for you, though. You know. <laughs> well, you let other people hear it because I, um, JC Soul has a comment about she heard the little piece. I saw her comment right next to it. So, oh, those, actually, that was uh, uh, I was doing finishing touches on on something. That's oh, so she's commenting on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought she I was didn't say what it was, thing. what it was from, but it, 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 in truth, it is finishing touches on something that, okay. that was done. Something that was done. I see. Something that was I done. See. So, <laughs> but really, I'm I am looking forward to the new the new music that's dropping. The Christmas one, I'm really curious about because I wanna I wanna see what that sounds like because you don't you don't have anything Christmassy 
prior to that's that. why I need something Christmas. Though. There you go. There you go. I I I thought I kind of heard that there wasn't too much from you from Christmas spirit, and so I want to hear something that's uh, that has that Christmas theme. But I want to hear how you've taken the Christmas theme. I want to hear how you've adjusted it because I mean. Ah, the regular Christmas stuff, it's like, okay, we've heard enough of that. And I want to hear how CTK has taken Christmas and brought it to this level, way up here. This is the new smooth, easy, funk, jazz Christmas. That's what I want to know. I, I don't know about all that. I, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know about all that at all. I'm just going to bring it the way I like it. Good, good. You know, I don't really create uh, music with the host that I hope people like this or or that thing, you know, because if you like it, fine. All I know yeah. is when I'm gone, it's still going to be around. So yeah. I just want to put it out, period. I have to put it out. I have to do it out. You know what I'm saying? That that That's the thing to me. You know, I don't I don't uh, need uh, people or anything to qualify me or make me feel qualified, whatever. I love doing what I do because I love sharing music. Well, it shows. I mean, people do appreciate your music, and your music is phenomenal. I will say that myself. Um, Here, you enjoy your music, and that's uh, what you've been saying, is that if I like it, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to put it out there as, this is something I really like. And you see that in your performances. You see that in the music. You can feel it in the music, that this isn't just sound. It's expression of a soul. So I really appreciate that from you. What I'm curious about is, is there any other genre or flavor of music that you haven't yet done that in the back of your head you're going you know what really would like to do uh, you know brazilian uh spanish jazz or or cuban spanish jazz or throwing in a little bit of uh, of an ethnic beat that you don't quite have maybe a little reggae in your jazz i don't know just saying i will discontinue this line of conversation um but it sounds like there's a surprise coming potentially um <laughs> I think we could do half the interview with just facial expressions. I mean, really... <laughs> let me give you this one. I learned this one from my from my father-in-law. I use it on the wife. It doesn't work much though, but I use it a lot. He taught me this one. Uh, he had the coolest name, Henderson, but we called him Henny, and he would give the look, just give the look. But, yeah, he taught me that. He would give the look, and then my wife would say, "It's not working. It's not working." <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> I know it's working. <laughs> the thing is, then she give you the look at the same one, and you go, "Whoa, that's working!" <laughs> nah. <laughs> you know that it's true what they say behind every great man. There's a woman, and she's the one. Yeah. She keeps she keeps me grounded, and she keeps me uh, alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Hopefully she keeps you sane, because uh, although it would be interesting to hear a, a crazy version of your music, you have much control, as much as it sounds very, very organic, the music that you produce, it would be interesting to see you with a lack of control. Like I say, I, I see you as somebody who is extremely approachable. That's probably why people come up to you. You say hi, and they'll say hi back. You have this this aura about you that's very personable, very engaging. And when you play your music, you push that out further because the sound of your music reaches farther out. It would be interesting to see an, an altered version of this. It would be interesting to see CTK with just let go. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming. Uh, oh, you were talking like, about, you mentioned about uh, aura. Yes. And, uh, attraction. 
Yes. And things like that. And uh, 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 since there's been some kind of weirdness going on, uh, things that have happened uh, just when, while we and my wife were together just out in public. And uh, there was one time we were we were shopping at Costco and we just hitting the big aisles, you know, pushing the baskets. And towards us comes this one couple. I think boyfriend and girlfriend, I don't know. But they were just walking, and then we get within five feet of each other, and she stops, and she starts singing out loud in front of me. And my wife looked at me, and I looked at my wife, and she let out a whole verse, a whole verse. And I said, nice. And then, then we kept walking. But it's <laughs> been a lot of uh, weird uh, things or attractions or things like that. That 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 have happened and, and and do happen. This is weird. Or you'll be standing. We'll be standing in line for something, and then oh, you'll see this woman. She'll be like maybe in her late seventies, and turns out to be the the funniest comedian you ever heard in your life. She's doing her her whole show right in front of us. Just like, <laughs> it was just it was just weird, weird things, weird things that happen. Just weird things, but it, it, it's it's part of. Our life and, and and things that happen. I I I love it all. I really I really do. It's so uh, drawing from experiences from everything. You're talking about some crazy stuff. Let go, let loose. Oh oh yeah. And, and especially if you see a live show. Oh crazy stuff. But um yes. Uh, I, I I do get influences from everything, and uh, and and use uh, everything I get. But uh, <laughs> I look forward to uh, bringing new music very soon. Can't wait to hear to hear your new music, and it's coming soon. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, absolutely. My last question to you, though, my very last question, and I've asked this of a number of people. I don't know if you know the movie Citizen Kane with Orson Welles, and how when he's small, you know, he at, that when he was a little kid, he had a sleigh, and that sleigh and the relationship with having you know being a child then affected his growth throughout his entire life. It made him the man that he was, and he always had that regret of not having his little rosebud. I ask, do you have one of those? Do you have a rosebud, a thing in your life, a thing, a person, an event, or persons, it could be plural, that changed who you were and made you who you are, but that you think about, and you think, you know, if I had been slightly different, I wonder if my life would have been different. Is there anything like that in your life? Uh... <laughs> I'm sure there probably is. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there probably is. But uh, if if I had any last words uh, before I dropped the snowball, uh, it, it would probably be a question. It would probably be. But was it funky? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you know. Hopefully, you know, my loved ones are around. Is there anything you want to say? Anything? What, what, what was the best thing? Was anything you want to say or ask? And that would be it. Was it funky? <laughs> we all have one. We're gonna get in now to your music. We're gonna we're gonna take this thing on a on a new ride. We're gonna let people hear. It isn't the latest and greatest, but we're definitely going to hear something fabulous from you. The musical stylings of CTK with "Looking for You."
I want to thank you, CTK. It was an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. Phenomenal music. Really look forward to the new singles dropping throughout the year and next year. Looking forward to finally hearing the new album as well. I'll do comparisons of what you've done again and what you've got now. And we can talk again if you want. But it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you as it, or as it always is. And uh, I, I, you and I both know we talk for hours sometimes. It, Absolutely. It goes, on, Absolutely. It goes on like that. But I want to uh, thank uh, Easy Jazz uh, Radio and Easy Jazz uh, TV for, uh, for the support. And uh, yes, you can visit my website at ctkmusic.com. And uh, I promise you the best is yet to come. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, looking forward to it, CTK. Uh, and hopefully we'll be talking again soon. Well, I just I just have one question about the whole interview, because I know how concerned you are in presenting these indie artists. And I just yes. want to know, was it funky? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. It was definitely funky. It was definitely funky. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye bye now.